Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king, and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bandari from Ortho Evidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Well, good morning, Mo. I'm uh, being taped here in uh, lovely Needham, Massachusetts at the uh, journal offices because I want to get away from the weather in Minnesota. Uh, oh, yeah. So I right, came right here right. for a much milder climate and uh, <laughs> I understand the sun's going to come out and I've got, I've got my, my cup of joe here. So uh, yeah. I'm ready to yeah, go. You can't, you can't start a day without a little bit of, a little bit of job, a little bit. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, well, Andrew. This is Andrew, number two already. We have to change that cup, though. We got to change yeah. that cup. We got to change that cup. <laughs> Unless you can get Starbucks cup. to start uh, sponsoring our podcast, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, we'll be sending you uh, one of these uh, cups, and uh, perhaps you two can get one made for for your podcast, which is what we're here to talk about this morning: the brand new uh, "Your Cases on Hold" podcast. Uh, co-hosted by Andrew Schoenfeld and Antonio Chen, which is now, I understand you're going to be taping your fourth episode uh, today. Yes, uh, And uh, I think Mo and I have been absolutely amazed at the number of people who are downloading and listening to this stuff because we're, we're just having a good time talking about things that are of interest to us. I'm assuming that the same doggone thing's going to happen with you. It's quite amazing that uh, people find what we're yammering about to be of value. You know, certainly we, we do have some knowledge in the subjects we're talking about, but, but in the end, uh, I suppose it's, it's amazing, but yet gratifying. So why don't uh, you two tell us about what prompted you to uh, get going and, and create this new podcast? I will tell the listeners that both Andrew and Antonio are members of our editorial board. Uh, Andrew is one of our stats editors, and Antonio does adult recon, handles primarily uh, adult uh, knee reconstruction. So anyway, what gave you guys the idea to do this, and uh, tell us about it. I think it came about very organically. The idea behind the Your Cases on Hold podcast is that we are discussing the literature that comes out in every issue of JBJS, and we're doing it in a way that is not only informative, but engaging and entertaining. Uh, I think that there is, given everything going on in the world and everything that's confronting us as orthopedic surgeons and specialists, such a challenge in terms of processing all the voluminous literature that's coming out in, a, in the limited time that we have to do it. And if you can get that in front of people in a way that they can say, oh, that's interesting, I wanna check that out. And oh, oh, I remember that. And the way you trigger people's memories is by doing associations with other things that are outside the context of the orthopedic realm. And I think that that, that is what we're trying to do. And just like you guys, we're just, we're just talking and bringing in our own unusual avocational outside interests and tying it into orthopedics. That's how you get Kaiser Sose and the Borg and Return of the Sith in the same breath as tranexamic acid and machine learning. Yeah. Antonia, how'd you get roped into this? One, I'm a sucker because Dr. Schoenfeld is an amazing colleague and friend. So I'll do anything that he says and ask me to do. 
<laughs> Number two, the world's turning into this bite-sized soundbite, right? Everyone wants just a little bit of information or just enough information to get to the next part. And they want it in a, you know, distilled down version. And it's been surprisingly incredibly fun to do this. You know, we started doing this and we're like, maybe no one listens to it. Maybe we're the only two that ever listen to it. And maybe one of our moms or dads or something like that. But it's been incredible to see people actually listening to this and you know, giving us feedback or saying, what about this? Or what about my article? And we're being honest, you know, we're saying good and bad things about all articles. And I can say the same thing about, you know, my own studies. I'm sure Dr. Schoenfeld can say the same thing about his own studies. There's always things to critique. And so we like to take the journal club side, like idea, basically saying, look, this is what we would do in a journal club. How would we break things down or how would we review a paper? And so we know that life is not perfect and science is not perfect. So this is giving our, I would say millennial generation, but I've had older and younger people listen to it where they're saying, you know, this is what, we, what we're distilling the information to and what can you learn from it? Yeah, I, I will uh, definitely confirm your transparency because I've, I've caught a hint of how the heck did this get into the journal kind of a comment? Uh, on, on occasion, which uh, that's good, you know. I mean, it's uh, the peer review process isn't isn't perfect, but hey, Mo, uh, you, at o Ortho Evidence, you guys do some podcasts. Uh, how how have you set that up? Um, in, yeah, I mean, your, like ours are yeah, ours have been a bit more. Well, I should say that we started off very traditional, and you know, yeah. however we look at traditional, but certainly uh, in the context of you know one to one interviews. Uh, often trying to get insights from the author themselves, which I mean, you know, we, we thought was helpful. But the thing I think that both uh, Antonia and Andrew relate is, you know, 30, 40 minutes of video time is just not really feasible for most people. If you look at the average statistics, most people are on a, are, are in between something. So, you know, we've got somewhere between 60 seconds and five minutes, and we have about 30 seconds or less to interest somebody. Um, in what we're talking about. So you're right, that opening 30 seconds is a pretty important one, I would imagine. And I, I am actually quite curious from your perspective, if you deliberately try to make your opening minute sufficiently interesting to keep us uh, you know, involved. And if you have tips for that, we're all ears. Are you asking me, Mo? No, I'm asking. Uh, I'm, I'm asking the experts. You and I are the experts, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wish we were. I'm not going to yeah, tell you that. Sorry. Let's ask the young people. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Are you guys deliberate? Well, so, so you guys are the experts. I feel like a guest on a celebrity show right now. <laughs> so this feels pretty incredible. Uh, in all honesty, we just choose the different, we call headlines. So we both have an article that we headline, and then we do a case on hold called featurette. So we kind of both talk about something. Um, and then we do um, the, a toss-up, essentially, and we kind of give it back and forth. So it's not necessarily deliberate. The article that we may choose might be really interesting and hopefully catch people, but it might not be interesting for someone. You know, some people are really subspecialty specific. So if the first article we choose is Peds Ortho, you're talking to a phonetical specialist, they might have any no interest in what's going on. So it's tough, but we hope the whole thing is interesting. But you're right, the idea is to hook so we have a catchy intro, which is really nice. And then after the catchy intro, uh, we just talk about each article kind of going one by one down the entire list. It's not deliberate and it's not scripted. So other than deciding beforehand, which articles are going to go where and which ones we're going to discuss in those categories that Antonia just laid out. We don't say, oh, you know, make sure that you say this about this article, or I'm going to say this, or I'm going to use this catchphrase or something like that. It's, it's completely off the cuff. But I, I do think we do try in that kind of first minute. We're not into the science in the first minute. We're probably saying something a little bit, you know, off the cuff or ridiculous. And, and we want people to listen for the Easter eggs. We want people to listen for 
because we're, you know, touching on things that they're like, oh yeah, you know, talking about that, that's, that, that reminds me of when I was in college or, uh, oh, I, I like that. I like fashion too. I like coffee too. I like Star Wars too. I like Kaiser Soze and Usual Suspects also. And oh, by the way, while they're listening for all of those things, they're hearing about all the latest science in JVJS as a bonus, as a bonus. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a game theory approach, isn't it, Andrew, where you're just kind of getting people to have fun and, oh, my gosh, I learned something along the way, which is great. You know, the truth is, though, I often feel that when we're like, you know, the breadth of orthopedics is, you know, just every every year just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think uh, focusing, you know, focusing knowledge in areas that matters, I think, is really important. And I, I wonder from your own perspectives, when you look at the audience, who's the who's the ideal audience? for your podcast? Who, who's the audience you think is resonating with the approach you're using? And it's totally fair to say everybody, but I'm just curious if you've thought about who's actually listening and particularly who would benefit from listening if they aren't. I think we may have heard from different groups. So I've had, we both had feedback from people and it's been amazing and fantastic to hear people say things about it, give us feedback and things like that. So two main groups that I've personally experienced are trainees. So the trainee group where it's like saying, okay, I'm curious what you as, you know, methodology editor, as an adult recon editor, and think and delve into these ideas or these topics and these articles and what your viewpoint is. And the second group of people I've heard people say, I don't have time to read all of JVJS. And now I'll just listen to your podcast instead of reading it. I'm going to hear it from you. Now, hopefully it's, I guess, group three would be those that spark interest and they go to JBJS and actually read all the articles that we're talking about. Um, but those are the main groups that I feel have um, really benefited from this podcast. Andrew, what about you? I, I think I would agree uh, to a large extent. I think the, the real target audience for the Your Cases on Hold podcast are individuals who are anywhere from medical student to in their first five years post-training, post-fellowship or, or what have you. And certainly everyone can, can benefit. And I think there's something for everybody. It goes without saying, but that is the group that I think we're really trying to be in touch with. And that, that tends to be the group that I've heard the most from in regarding feedback. And again, for, for those who are in training, for those who have just completed training with everything that's going on, they are facing the, the voluminous nature of the current orthopedic literature landscape at a time where they haven't even developed the skill set to uh, have a cogent way of processing that. For, for individuals who have had the, the luxury and the opportunity to develop their own processes for working through the literature at a different time, that's not to say, you know, at an earlier time, that's not to say that they're doing it the best way, but they at least have an algorithm that they're working through. I get three, you know, print journals and I'll go and look at tables of contents and I do it at these pre-prescribed times and they have the space and time and luxury of an established practice to price support doing that. For individuals who are just coming to this, who are just entering medicine or orthopedics or post-procedural training. These are highly stressful times, of course, and they haven't had the luxury space, time, and experience to develop that, that approach, which is incredibly necessary. So we're, we're hoping that by doing this in some way, we're able to help get the information in front of them in an easily packaged, accessible way. Our byline is take us with you when you're 
in the gym, on the commute, or your case is on hold, you're waiting for a case, and it's an intentional double entendre. And, and we hope that in those spaces of time, they can easily access the podcast and um, get the information that they need. Yeah, it strikes me that in these times of pandemic, when there's limited contact between the faculty and the residents, that this really kind of fills a void. It's almost like the residents are, are in the surgeon's lounge over overhearing a conversation between two experienced attendings about what they think about the latest journal. And I think it fills a, a social need as, as well as a kind of an intellectual academic need in a strange way, I suppose, based on technology. No, that's incredibly prescient. I, I, I completely uh, agree. And we do promise to provide you know, insights into some behind the scenes about strategies for, for getting your, your paper accepted or best practices to smooth the, the review process uh, or even generate some ideas for, for new studies even. And, and that's already been in the first three episodes that we've recorded. One other thing that I would say, and I recognize this is a little bit of a soapbox, but uh, I did write a, a editorial uh, about it for the, uh, for the journal Spine um, about editorial leadership in this current century. And whereas in the past, it's been sufficient for the edit editors of journals to just sort of curate, supervise the review process and curate what's being presented in the journal. I think that what this highly selected and talented and trained with a special skill set like Liam Neeson, like we're individuals with a special set of skills, right? And how do we deploy those set of skills for the the general betterment beyond just, you know, supervising and adjudicating what's going to go into a, a, a journal is by now sharing, hey, this is important and this is why it's important and this is why you should be looking at it. So it's not just enough to get it to the print, but now we also have to proselytize. We have to, to accessibly, digestibly and meeting the, the community where they are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. so much about it's, it's about stories, right? I mean, I would say sure. that you know, if we can't if we can't compel uh, people because we're probably not compelling them with this powerful enough story that engages them, makes them feel part of it. I guess to your point, and I think these sorts of interactions are really, really powerful, especially the ones that are more conversational and uh, where you're trying to you know where, where people are almost voyeurs in a way, as we've just said, you know, like kind of listening in to a conversation. And it's harder and harder right now with virtual, but I think this format's a great one. Just one, one quick follow-up. Do you plan on uh, uh, expanding it to ever have guests and bring in guests and things like that? Or is it right now you're thinking just more of a, um, you know, between you two? The, the goal is absolutely, once it gets a little bit more established and we see how, how engaged and uh, interested the, the audience is, once we have like kind of a established track record for ourselves that we would definitely invite uh, authors primarily to engage in the uh, Your Cases on Hold featurette where we kind of have a, a back and forth that we would have, you know, the corresponding author or the first author from that particular article also join us to, uh, you know, either contest our case on hold or maybe put our cases on hold. <laughs> so beware, you might be getting an invite. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no! I wasn't. I promise you, I wasn't going to get one. I was just, I was just curious. I figured, you know, it'd be nice for you. I'm sure you'd probably want to interact with. You could be like, Mark, why did you accept this article? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we, which we went through in Journal Club for your residence last night. How the heck did this get 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Mo and I have to use guests a lot because we're not very smart about most things. We just, so, yeah, uh, we, I mean, we just basically tee it up for you guys did the whole run. Yeah, yeah. I just pitched yeah. them in Lobelman. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations, uh, Antonio and Andrew, on establishing this uh, Your Cases on Hold podcast. It's got a, a brisk following out of the shoot, and, uh, and you're off and running. And uh, we look forward to listening in with you for uh, many years to come. So yeah, thanks, and everyone have a great day. Thanks so much for having us. Good opportunity. Take care. Have a great day. Bye.